Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Welcome to another fun episode. Britt, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry that we didn't put anything out last week. We just got busy making things for Thanksgiving and having Thanksgiving with some wonderful friends and uh, and Amanda. And it was, uh, it was a really good uh, Thanksgiving. Wonderful friends and Amanda. Well, Amanda's <laughs> still on my shit list from the whole anal thing. So are you ever going to let that go? No, I'm not. You Even should let it go. I did have her come meet me for a drink the other night, and I bought her a drink to have the little dog speak meeting. But that, no, she's still on my shit list. That's sweet. I know. <laughs> so we had a really good Thanksgiving, though. It was nice. It was nice not to have anyone here at the house uh, and us going somewhere else. That hasn't happened in a while. So that yeah. was good. It was good. I hope you all had a really nice holiday. Um, and of course, December starts another holiday season, and it gets crazy, and people get busy, and you know, but... Usually we slow down a little bit because people start getting overwhelmed with all the things they need to do for, for Christmas. And so we actually start to have a little more time on our hands, which means we might be able to, to do get some podcasts put in the queue, <laughs> get some things recorded and put I in got, the queue. I got holiday-itis, man. I know. You're just ready. I am, I am definitely like that kid who does not do anything in school that lasts like three weeks because they just want... Santa to come. I, I feel you because I don't, it's cold out and I don't even want to get out. Yeah. But I have to get out. And dark, gets dark and dark, early. gets dark early. And I, have, I have late clients. That's hard. Um, but we make it work somehow. We make it work. Function somehow. Um, so today, I, I kind of want to, we have a couple of listener questions that I want to get into. And I have one I want to read this email from one of our listeners, Catherine, um, and her dog, Gordo. Uh, They came in and did our reactive dog workshop, and I've not had a chance to get back together with everybody on Zoom uh, because just life has happened. But she sent in a really good email, and I asked if we could read it and talk about it on the podcast because I really do think that it would help um, other people, right? So... Um, I'll read the email, and uh, she cracks me up. She's she's always got some really good humor in here. Uh, so here we go. Uh, so you know she's been at the reactive dog workshop. So Gordo has a little reactivity. Um, he came in um, from Mexico off the street. So he's a street dog. Um, he was such a pleasure to meet, though. He was just adorable. Uh, so they're still kind of working on the leash walking, and, and working on uh, just the reactivity in general. Um, and anytime you're working on reactivity, the biggest challenge is having an environment that is more predictable. When you don't have predictability with reactivity, that's going to make things more challenging. So people that live in apartments, um, neighborhoods with a lot of dogs, it's hard to work on reactivity there because it's not as predictable. All right. So if you have a certain neighborhood and you know where all the dogs are, like even in their yard, that can be some predictability. All right. So she says, all right, here's questions. A few weeks ago, a dog and owner surprised us around a blind corner. So there we already talking that um, unpredictability. We did a fantastic U-turn. Excellent. Gordo was brilliant with that. But then said owner and Oh, so perfect. I'm just a normal fucking dog. Kept right on behind us. And yes, these are her words because it just, per, it just, it's the perfect way to ask this. We couldn't get away. I picked up Gordo and started huffing it uphill with Gordo screaming and struggling. I was gasping and still on they came in their oblivious way like any good zombie. 
Gordo knew they'd kill us if they got to us. He knows about zombies. Just remembering it, I feel like bursting into tears again. I can't think what we could have done differently. I chose the wrong direction. There were two streets I could have chosen. I chose the wrong one, but there was no way for me to know. Anyway, I've come to the conclusion that if something like that happens again, I'm just hosed. I'm very careful around blind corners now. Do you have any suggestions? So, um, first of all, great job on the U-turn. And that is something that we put into play uh, to just get the dog to turn immediately and go into another direction. There are times that you're just stuck. Um, and I think this has happened to you and Isabella. Oh, like I'm recounting things in my head right now of like, I wonder what I could have done in that situation. But sometimes you are, you're just stuck. There's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. And I think in those moments, sometimes it's best at that point to do whatever you can do to get your dog behind something. So maybe even find, um, if, if you feel comfortable in a neighborhood, getting behind someone's car in their driveway just to block the view, um, putting, you know, throwing a bunch of treats on the ground away from, you know, in the opposite way from where that dog is. I think those are a few kind of emergency things you can do, but let's kind of go back to this first one. So when we have blind corners, my recommendation for blind corners is um, take a wide berth around it. So use the curve um, which I just posted on Instagram about the curve um, and how to use that. But you can use the curve to get yourself around a blind corner so that, yes, it's still going to be blind, but you're not going to be on top of something. Um, another one that I would use for corners like that is if I'm approaching a corner, I'll have the dog get behind me. So we teach a behind, get the dog to get behind me so I can look around the corner first. So those are two ways right there to handle just those blind corners because that's a normal thing. Um, in our neighborhood, we don't have sidewalks. So you, you've got the advantage of really being able to see and mm -hmm. have a lot of space. Yeah. And we're lucky we know our neighbors. So I've had to actually go behind um, uh, one of our neighbor's cars, not because Isabella was reactive, but because of another dog being reactive towards her. Yeah, and I, and I think that... Just to get her out of the way. Yeah, I think that there's sometimes that you just have to, you know, I would just do it and then apologize after if somebody has a problem, right? Because you want to really just keep your dog safe. If, oh, no, it just if, meant I had to be in a... I, I got into a 30-minute conversation with our neighbor. Oh, you, you picked, know, the, like you I picked said, the wrong one. We we love our neighbors. So. We do. We do. We're, we're fortunate. We do. We're really lucky. Um, I, I would say that if you if you choose a street to go down... And the dog is following you. Um, honestly, I, I'm really, I'm going to find a place where I can go and put my dog out of view. Not, not standing there where I'm trying to block. I need to find something bigger than that to block. Um, and really, I would just go and find something to block. And at that point, I'm just going to sit there and try some treats just to distract. And if my dog explodes... I'm just going to, at that point, I might just stand there and let them explode and just wait for the dog to get past. Um, I think that picking up Gordo and, and huffing it, I think, created more reactivity. Because then, in, in his mind, I'm being picked up. I can't protect myself if that dog does come. Mm -hmm. Right? So, we do want to make sure that we want to do less is best. Um, and sometimes that is just hiding until... The, the trigger is gone. Um, and sometimes that means your dog is in an explosive state and you just have to kind of stand there and wait till it's done. Um, and that is what we want to avoid. But let's be real. There, there's sometimes we just can't avoid that. Mm -hmm. um, but thinking ahead of time. So I would even encourage to think about what path you're going to be walking and maybe drive that path or walk it without your dog first and see what those potential triggers are. And then also see where are my escape routes, mm -hmm. right? So if I get down this street and a dog comes charging out of this house, what's my escape route? You don't want to have to think about it in the moment. Yeah. And that will help with your predictability if you stick to the same kind of path or the same kind of routine of your walk. That can help with your predictability. Um, and, and as long as your dog is comfortable with that route. I, I don't want to force this dog you know, 
in a route that's not comfortable. But if you can find a route that's comfortable and you can do a walk or a drive around, that can give you some insights to what you need to be really looking at. Because reactivity is one of the most difficult things to work with because you do have to have so much control over the environment. In order to teach it. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about... Because it's not about avoidance. No. It's just about in those situations where something happens that you did not expect, you've got to manage it. Yeah. And you need to know right off the top of your head what you're going to do to manage it. You Mm -hmm. can't think in that moment, what do I need to do? Gotcha. And and that's, again, just making some plans. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that working, quote unquote, working on reactivity just means avoidance completely. Um, But what it really means is just predictability and setting it up so that you can start changing the behaviors. Yeah. And, and, you know, anytime you're doing reactivity, management has to be a part of it. And that, that might be not just management on your walks, but here's the thing. If I have a dog and, and Myers, we, we have to work a little bit on this. His, his reactivity is more impulse control, Mm. right? So when he sees another dog, his impulse control is lacking. He's barking. He's excited. Well, if he's doing that on walks, that's not just the main place I need to work on it. If I have, say, a window that faces the road where dogs walk past and I allow him to bark at the window, then I'm allowing the same behavior I'm not wanting on the walk. That makes sense. So management is happening in the home as much as the walk. It happens, management's in the yard, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you got the yard management, you got the car management, you got the windows management. You don't want dogs to practice this behavior because the more they practice it, the, the kind of stronger the behavior is going to become and the harder it is to change. So management isn't just when you're on the walk, mm-hmm. but also being proactive and kind of knowing this is the path I'm taking here. Are my exit strategy, here's my exit strategy. Here's my safe zone. Um, here's my emergency plan. If this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And really take a couple of minutes before you go out on that walk and come up with a plan. Um, because as you guys know, and I've said it, and I know Catherine's used this on one of her presentations, if you can't practice in the moment, the only thing that happens in the moment is what you've practiced. So practicing these skills before you get into them can help. Um, but I would say in that in that situation there where you know zombies were coming to get you, <laughs> Uh, at that point, you just gotta have to hide, um, and and find a way to just kind of avoid as much as you can, or at least minimize the explosion. You know that's going to happen. Another thing, though, that you can do is if you know that that dog is coming in your direction, if you change direction and end up inadvertently going in the same direction as that trigger, you're still going to have that problem. So. Sometimes in those moments, getting past that dog is actually probably going to be easier. Using the curve, creating that distance, and just getting out of there as quickly as possible. And getting past them instead of turning around and going in the same direction they're going, even if you do have a, diff- a couple different streets, because you don't know which way they're coming. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that first instance, I might say, okay, if you got you know surprised around the corner at that moment, you could do a U-turn, and then if you see they're coming in your direction, then maybe do another change of direction, creating distance, and just get past them. Yeah, you're going to have a little explosion there, but it's going to be a lot shorter than if you're walking and they're following you, and you still kind of have that issue. So, I mean, that's, it's just that, and y'all hear me all the time talk about reactivity, and I, because I deal with a lot of reactivity, but it's being proactive. You have to have a plan. Um, and making sure that you practiced all those skills. And, and, you know, he did a fantastic U-turn. That's a skill that we practiced and that used correctly in those moments. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter what we practice, you're going to get that explosion. You just want to minimize it mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. Um, so here's another one. I want to go on to this, uh, the, still some of this email because she has some really good questions. Uh, she said, next, Gordo and I enjoy our sniffy walks which is fantastic. You were just talking about how Isabella's really enjoying her sniffy walks. Oh, yeah. Because y'all's, you're kind of hiking and doing things together has decreased a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we've had a life change and 
you know, with my new job and trying to sort of, and, and all of that will come back into, it'll fall back into place, but you know, it takes a while, um, to sort of get a new routine and well, it's dark out. by the time you're done. Exactly. And then now that it's, you know, yeah, coming all winter, mm-hmm. um, it's a little difficult. So yeah. So we've been doing, um, snippy walks on lunch breaks and she's been having fun with it. I love that. Yeah. She loves, she loves to sniff mm-hmm. and run. Um, so before we get to the rest, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. What? Of what happened to us the other day. I wanted to kill her. Um, cause y'all need to know. That, that, <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Y'all need oh, to, that. y'all need to know oh, that this happens. The incident. The incident. We this don't happens. talk about the incident. Um, you know, our dogs are not perfect. They have their own brains. I personally right. think they're perfect. Well, what I mean is their behavior is not perfect. Um, <laughs> so I let Isabella out the other day off leash. Um, Brett was putting a shed together in the backyard uh, behind our fence. So outside of our fence. And I was going to go to the dump. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take Isabella with me. We're just going to run up here to the dump. But I was like, go see Mama first. So she ran up to the shed to say hi to you. And then she snipped around. And then I was ready to go. And I thought, she's going to want to go for a ride. So I didn't put a leash on her because I, I was I was believing in her. I her recall has gotten know. so much better, right? It has. I was believing in her. So, so her nose got on something. And then I think she saw a squirrel. A bird. A bird. And I'd already been walking back to the truck. And I'm calling her. And all of a sudden, I don't see her anymore. And so I see you guys go behind the fence. So I lose sight of Britt. And she's behind the fence. So as I walk around the other side of the house, I just see Isabella about three houses up. So running to the next running street. to the next street to sniff, sniff, sniff. I gave up. I was not walking yeah, through did. all yeah, the neighbor's yards. You came back and I just got in the truck and went in there, went up and got her. Um, I knew she'd and, be okay. It's yeah, just, she's, yeah. I mean, you know. but in that instance, I was not happy. The fact that I, I'm really giving her the benefit of the doubt and she just sucked. So, I part of that was totally my fault because I know how she loves to use that nose and I thought that the car ride would override that. No. So if I think if I'd a gone a car ride will never override anything. I, I, well, because the car ride can mean different places to sniff. My mistake I think was I didn't go straight to the car. If I'd gone straight to the car, I think it would have been good. Mm, yeah, probably. But because I'd already let her get her nose on something else. So my fault for not setting her up for success. And making the wrong choices on that. But then I started thinking about, okay, well, how do we combat that, right? Because she really does enjoy and she does a good job of, she sniffs great in the backyard and she has her sniffy walks here. But the one thing I started thinking about is she doesn't have an opportunity to just go and sniff in a large area anymore. We used to have a a 500 acre farm we used to go to and she was off leash. She got to run and sniff and that satisfied her. Mm Mm-hmm. And now we don't do that because we don't have that anymore. And there's not a lot of places to do it safely. So I told you that I would recommend taking her to a sniff spot. Yep. Right. So that app sniff spot is, um, is great because you can find places to rent fields, uh, fenced in areas, wooded areas that you can have a little more safety. Uh, with that but still allow your dog to have some of that yeah now obviously if you don't have places around you sniff spot you can take your dog on a 30-foot leash somewhere and and let them do that but i think she just really wants to follow that trail and she Mm -hmm. wants to find you know uh, something to do that and Mm -hmm. and and so instead of me being like okay i just i want to kill you that it really is irritating to me i don't like when dogs run from me but I realized that that is a behavior that is that is genetically predisposed in her. It's my job, not mine, yours, to meet that need so it doesn't come out in other moments like that. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. So just know, guys, that look these things. They're they're dogs. They're not robots. Um, we know better. We're supposed to know better. It was my fault. That it happened, I gave her the benefit of the doubt, but it was my fault that it happened. Um, and and instead of of you know really just wanting to to snap her head off, and I'm just teasing with all that, but instead of getting really angry at her, it was more of okay, why was she doing it, and what can we do to help her 
meet that need mm-hmm. that's not in the neighborhood off-leash, mm-hmm. right? So I want to I, I share that because I want you guys to know that, no, our dogs are not perfect. Yes, I do this for a living, but they're dogs, right? I mean, let's be real. It's They're not robots. All right, so... Uh, so next, Gordo and I enjoy our sniffy walks. Today, though, I quickly realized that I couldn't cope, so we came home. Good that, job, Catherine. I read that part, and I was like, bravo, ma'am, bravo. Right, because that is hard for people to do. I have done it so many times and felt like an asshole. Because like, I got my dog ready to go for a walk, and then I'm like, I can't do this. Yep. Mentally right now. Yep. So she said, I could hear you saying, where's your head? Don't do this today. So I came home. And she said, it's so demoralizing though. But it should not be demoralizing. Right? You are doing everything that you can do to help your dog be as successful as possible. And that means having your head in the game. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have that, you would do your dog a disservice to take them out because you'll lose the strides you're making by trying to force it. Right. Your dog would much appreciate you just playing games or doing a little flirt pole, maybe doing a little go hunt game, some sniffy work at home instead of going out for a walk that's already possibly unpredictable and then you as a human being unpredictable. Yeah. Because we got to have something predictable and that human needs to be predictable. Um, she said, I'm better at keeping him safe and below threshold. Fantastic. People should not know you're working with a reactive dog when you're working with a reactive dog because they should stay below threshold. Um, he's better at home. As for walks, though, am I ever going to be able to walk him in a more normal way without having to charge up into yards in order to do curves and such not? I'm guessing that will never go away. On the upside, he's pretty good with his fronts and behinds as long as I catch the potential problem before he's engaged. I've gotten better. Blind corners still catch me um, out occasionally, but I've improved. And that's the thing is that you will continue to improve. And I can't answer whether it's ever going to be a normal walk um, for your dog uh, because... I I can't get into his head, but I would say that I think that you have, by just seeing Gordo, I think that you have a lot of opportunity and I think there's a, there's a really good chance that you'll have a normal dog that's walking normally in normal neighborhoods and such. Um, and also keep in mind that that, that that owner and that oh so perfect, I'm just a normal fucking dog that was walking before, they, a dog may look perfect to you. But the dog could be shut down. The dog could have been um, scared to do anything because maybe it was, um, you know, aversively trained. Don't automatically assume that that dog is perfect and your dog's not. Um, Your dog is perfect to you. And the behavior that your dog is dealing with, you're doing absolutely everything that you need to do to help Gordo. And you need to pat yourself on the back for that and give yourself some grace. This is not going to fix in one month, two months, three months. This could be a six-month to a year-long process. Um, and Gordo hasn't even been there for a year yet. So um, I think, Catherine, you, you've done a great job. And you've come a long way from the first time that you and I have uh, done a Zoom meeting together. So, um, And then I got to work with you in person. And, and I think that that people are too hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you're changing emotion. I mean... I read something the other day that I don't think people realize, and I don't think I ever really thought about it this way either, but when when we're working with dogs that have emotional, I don't want to say emotional problems, but we're in the healthcare industry. We're, we are mentally, we deal with the mental health of a dog. Mm-hmm. And it takes time to change that. And we're asking owners to do the majority of the legwork. Mm-hmm that they're not necessarily trained to do or have a gift to do or even have much time to do. But, you know, there's a lot on these owners when dealing with reactive dogs. And and that's the only way, you know, you can't send your dog off and then it come back with a shock collar and be like, oh, my dog's reactivity's fixed. No, you mm-hmm. just taught it learn helplessness and how to avoid the shock. You didn't fix anything emotionally. Matter of fact, you made things worse emotionally with that dog. So, 
you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your great walks. You're going to have that day that you're just like, shit, wish I'd never come out of the house. You hang on to those good days. And, and one of the things that I like for people to do is to write a journal, keep it in a journal, just put, write down bullet points on every walk you go. What are the pros and what were the cons? Because then you can look at the cons and say, okay, what can I do to make that into a pro? Mm-hmm. Right. So a con, I got blindsided at a corner. Right. My dog, you know, exploded, but maybe it was only a explosion of three out of five. It wasn't even on that big of a scale. And then, so then you can look at that con and say, okay, how can I turn that pro? All right. Well, we got to a blind corner. I did a wide curve or I put my dog behind and I looked to make sure no one was there. One, There was a dog there, but before he could see it, we did a U-turn and made our way to another street. Pro. You know, write this stuff down. Because your brain's going to get stuck on the things that you don't do right. And then it's going to snowball. Yeah. Or the things that your dog doesn't do right. Yeah. Right. And you'll get frustrated. Absolutely. So anybody that's that's frustrated with your dog, sit down. I want you to write 10 pros, 10 good things your dog does. And then I want you to write five things that your dog doesn't do so well at. And then look at it. And those five and say, what can I do better to help those five move over into the pro category? Mm -hmm. Now, only half of cons. I don't want 10 cons. 10 pros, five cons. Write them down. You know what? Write them down and send them to us. Yeah. Maybe we can have a conversation. Maybe that can be an episode. All right. So, Catherine, I'm proud of you. And and I know it can be frustrating. I know reactivity is frustrating. Um, But you guys just have to stick in there and do it. Um, and know that not everything is going to be perfect. Not every day is going to be perfect. And, and also keep in mind that those days that your head's not in it, there may be days Gordo's head's not in it. And that's okay too. Yep. Just got to figure it out. But you're doing great. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. Baby steps. Baby steps. That's it. All right. So that one, um, so that's our thing with reactivity. Yep. All right. Do we have another question? Oh, Britt's like, oh, my, where are my questions? Yeah, if you guys have questions, I, I know we don't necessarily say, hey, we're going to do a listener questions episode. What we like to do is just get a bunch of them in, and then when we have some, we'll talk about them. Um, and also, because we may not have time to put together an episode on something specific. So, uh, yeah, we have our listener questions um, so if you have any, be sure and send them to us. Uh, so Britt is looking through, and I don't know, she's trying to find something over there. I don't know. I think she's, we're going to just give her benefit of the doubt right now, too. And Please do. Please <laughs> give me grace here. Okay. I'm going to give you some grace. I mean, I need it. <laughs> I need all the things right now. Anyway, oh, uh, while I'm while I'm going through my ridiculous list of emails because i only have four email accounts no big deal no biggie um so something that i've been thinking about as far as reactivity or just change in general um you know changing emotional behaviors or even just changing behaviors in general um sort of thinking about when you triggered this with the whole mental health professional thing. Um, You know, like me going to a therapist, my therapist and I worked on the same issue for like a year and a half before it was resolved. Yes. So when people email us and say, how many sessions is this going to take? Oof. You know, I mean, I think the more accurate thing to say and what I should probably do is give more of a time frame. Yeah. Um, and and, because there are so many things that go into it. One, what is your capacity for working on these things? And also, yeah, what's your environment? Yeah. If I have somebody who lives in an apartment building and they're going to run into five dogs every time they take their dog out to potty, that's not going to get, that's not going to get improved in a month or two. Yeah. So I, I think that's how, you know, we have to think about this is, these things don't happen, they don't change in four sessions. I mean, it's incremental change. I mean, look at Isabella. She's almost four years old. And we're still working on recall. But I've had to just say, 
damn it, thanks to this armadillo that lives behind our fence now, I'm, I have to reward 100% of the time that this dog even remotely comes near me when I say come. Yep. And it is small, incremental steps. And then you go outside and you tell her to come and you're like, why is this damn dog not coming? And I'm like, but look, she turned in your direction. That is a win. Take the win. See, y'all, I have to get it too sometimes. And (laughs) it takes, but because it wasn't something we focused on years ago and now it's like, all right, I've got to. Well, I think we focused on it, but I think we did what a lot of people do because she was so good at the farm. Yeah. that And she was good in the backyard. Yeah. I think that we stopped rewarding it. It was situational. And we stopped rewarding it as often and didn't make it it as fun. It wasn't solidified. Nope. We didn't solidify it. And Mm -mm. so um, just, you know, remember when you you get frustrated, some days aren't great. You're not going to feel great. Your dog's not going to feel great. It's, It's baby steps. It takes time. It takes... Sometimes a lot of time <laughs> for yep. things. Um, and that's okay. It's yep. it's just don't stop trying and um, give yourself a little bit of grace. And give your dog grace because yeah. the dog can only do what you teach it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it, takes, it takes both of you. And it takes everybody. Actually, it takes everybody in the family, but... You want to make sure that you that you understand that we're not just dealing with external behavior with dogs. There's emotion that's driving the external behavior. There are genetic needs, their desires, their there's so many things that go into it, which is why the aversive techniques of training is so inappropriate and cruel and abusive. We're trying to just eliminate external behavior. It's like it's like beating a child in kindergarten for crying. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't get a good nap and they started crying at, at you know, one o'clock. And so if the teacher just beats the, the child for crying just to, to stop the crying or threaten the child to stop the crying, you're not dealing with the underlying issue of the crying. Why is this child crying? Mm-hmm. And, and so with dogs, we have to stop with this. Well, I just need this external behavior to stop. Well, that's great. But in order to do that, we need to find out what the underlying motivation is. What's the emotion driving this? And do we need to change that emotion? Mm-hmm. All right. So. Trust me, I feel like crying sometimes when I'm tired. Oh, I all the time. I mean, if I get super tired, I'm, oh, it's just, let me just crawl up into a ball mm-hmm. and ball. <laughs> crawl, crawl into a ball and ball. Yeah. I mean, so we just have to, we got to understand. I think you're right. We need to. Because normally we do three to four on an average sessions with people, um, typically, and I don't know, half sessions, three to four sessions. But what we are trying to do in those moments is give you enough information so you continue to practice. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we might need two or three weeks in between or a month in between, right? So I have several clients I'm seeing once a month um, and because I'm giving them tools and they spend that next month working on it. And it is a slow process. And I have a couple of clients now I've been with for about a year and it's a slow process, but you're getting changes, slow changes, right? So think about mm-hmm. how many of you guys have been in therapy and how long did you stay in therapy? Some of you may be in therapy for 10 years, right? Um, it's just it, life is going to throw things at you to where you may not have, uh, you know, you may have three or four days in one week where you just can't work on your dog's behavior at all. Mm-hmm. And then the next week you're able to do it six days out of seven. And then the next week, you only got two days in. Is that going to slow the process? Absolutely. But pat yourself on the back for using for working on those two days that you did it. Yep. And and think about more quality than quantity. You still need quantity, but quality is more important. So don't just do it. So I'm, that's why I'm so proud that Catherine didn't do that that day because the quality would have been down if she was not feeling it in her head, then the quality would have been down. And at that point, it would have been quantity. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have quality. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, reactivity really is a, it's a common problem and it takes time. And it's worse for dogs that live in apartments, condos, places to where there are a lot of dogs that they're having to see every time they go out to potty. Mm-hmm. And another 
issues if you have dogs that can see out the front windows and you have dogs walking or people walking. If they're barking out there at the windows, you're not going to get any success in your leash stuff. The other is if you have an invisible fence, do not put your invisible fence in the front yard. You're just going to create reactivity that way. Uh, not to mention some negative association. If you're going to use an invisible fence, please keep it away from the road, away from the front yard and put it in the back so that you can at least manage uh, that. Uh, you don't want the dog to continue practicing all that behavior. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. All right. So um, didn't we have a question about a collar from Mary in New Jersey? Yep. yep. All right. Found it. Okay. She found it. Good. <laughs> all right. And Alrighty. Um, so what she's asking is, um, what are your, sorry, I forgot there's a mic here. Yeah, you, Y'all, you're all turned towards the I wall. have been, I've been working all day. I'm sort of out of it. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on the Martingale collar? Cause I think we have some past shows Absolutely. in the beginning where we talked about Martingale we collars. Talked, we talked about them. Yeah, so I used to use martingale collars uh, quite some time, and, and a lot of people are probably asking, what is a martingale collar? Um, if you, the original name is actually a greyhound collar. They were made for greyhounds because their necks were so slender uh, that they could escape out of any collar. So a martingale is, is basically a, a cloth that um, will tighten up and cinch up if the dog pulls. We used to use them um, to kind of prevent some of that pulling to help people with their strength and at the same time use it as safety. Um, I have gotten away from it because um, it is more on the aversive side as it's using pressure points. So there's going to be discomfort there and I don't like that. So um, I have gotten away from using the Martingale collars for walking. The one time I will use a Martingale collar um, uh, and, and hands down, I'll use it and I'll keep it fairly loose uh, I'm not going to tighten it up and put it up against the ears, against the pressure points. But I use it for safety purposes if I have a dog, especially like a stray dog or um, a newly adopted dog that's very fearful, mm-hmm. that can easily escape a collar or escape a harness. Yeah. Harnesses are very easy to escape and Which regular I collars. Had no idea. Yes. I guess because. Very much. My dog is kind of broad in the chest, so yeah. we've never had a problem with Yes, uh, The other day I was working um, in, a, in a very large neighborhood, and a lady was coming by with her uh, kind of a newer adopted dog on a harness uh, with a, a flexi lead, and the dog got a little spooked from my fake dog mm-hmm. and backed out of the harness. Uh, luckily, the dog just just laid down, and we were able to get the harness back on. Mm-hmm. But it's just those are not always safe. And in those moments, that's where I would at least have maybe even two leashes attached, one to the harness, one to the to the collar, mm-hmm. so that if the dog starts to back out, you can drop the leash on the harness and still have the, the hold of the collar. So the Martingale is really mostly for safety where dogs cannot escape out of a collar. They're um, also known as no-slip No No-slip collars, yep. yeah. Yeah, so if you look up Martingale, you'll be able to find it. Um, I do recommend if you do need one, for a dog that maybe is a little more nervous, uh, don't get any of them with chains. Just the regular cloth mm-hmm. um, is is all you need. You don't need that extra scary sound on there. Because um, if you have a dog who could escape a collar, it's it's already going to be um, a little nervous and probably afraid of of that sound. So, or if they have um, a tiny little neck, or if they have a tiny little neck, um, I really like um, harnesses, but only for dogs that cannot escape or don't choose to escape. Um, Obviously, everything we teach is off-leash control, so we use verbals for off-leash control. We want our dogs to be able to respond to us regardless if a leash is attached or not because even if you're one of those owners who's like, I'm never going to have my dog in public off-leash, it's going to happen. Accidents are going to happen. Something's going to happen. You want to have that verbal control. You want to have that trust of that verbal control. So don't just practice leash stuff. Practice your off-leash. And you can do that at home. You can do that in a stiff spot. You can, you know, do that in a fenced-in area, safe somewhere. But you need to practice those because accidents are going to happen. You might slip. You might fall. Some Something may scare you. Something may scare the dog. You get relaxed. And, the you know, you're bending over. My favorite you're bending over, picking up the poop. Dog darts. Hand drops oh, the leash. Yeah. 
right? So you need to have verbal control of your dog without the use of aversives, okay? Having a shock collar and carrying a remote control does not mean you have verbal control of your dog, okay? So that's my take on that. I'm still still going with the harnesses, still going with the two-point harness system, still big Kurgo fans. They've yet to to want to advertise on our show, but I'm going to keep pushing it. Oh, um, and the sad part is if we, if we do our episode on favorite products this year, <laughs> I still have the same, a lot of the same products. Um, the journey air harness is still one of my favorites. Uh, rough wear is still great. Uh, Myers has rough wear because, uh, the Kurgo is a little too bulky for him. So, but yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, if especially if you have a reactive dog, I'm not going to do a martingale. I'm going to stick to the harness for sure. Uh, just to also take away any type of association with things around the neck. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got there. So, um, two good mm-hmm. two good things to talk about today. That I think the reactivity was good. Catherine, I'm really glad you sent that email uh, because I think that um, I think it's going to help others. Um, and to hear from you guys, I think it's so great for you for you guys to write in and tell us your story and tell us things because I think it helps others. Just like I'm not going to hide the fact that Isabella ran from us because I want to help you. And it helped me because sometimes I can get stuck in a box and and I'm not going to lie. I've had dogs in my 26 years. I've had dogs that were very well trained and very good. Um, And so my approach is a little different now. And so I'm not used to having a dog that's like middle finger. I'll see you. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm having to deal with that because Myers is pretty good. He's, he's pretty good. So oh, his far. recall is really good. His recall is really good. Um, you know, but he has his own issues. He's a barker out the window. Um, he's a barker when he sees things and we're working on that. Or and, hears things. Um, he's what? Or hears things. Or hears things. Um, he has this, he has issues with like high tones, high pitch tones, um, car alarms, beeping of door locks. Um, I was even playing on the VR headset the other day and there was some type of high pitched noise that he started barking about. So he's got those issues that have come from wherever they came from. They didn't come from me. They were, they were there prior to that, along with that kind of smoke issue he has. But, um, and his other big issue right now is he doesn't like to go for rides and I want a dog to go with me. So the last couple of times I was wanting to take him, I was going to take him to Thanksgiving he just did not want to get dressed and get in the car. And then the other day, I was going to take him next door to play uh, with Marley. And he thought we were getting in the car. So he went back to the front porch. Poor guy. Wanted to go in. So uh, I'm not sure what that's about right now. I'm going to have to just start working on it because I want him to go with me. Uh, so that's important for me. Um, and it's not like he's getting sick in the car. He's just, I don't know what it is right now. I can't read his mind. He won't tell me. <laughs> so, uh, so who knows? Because we've we've done mostly positive things and good things when we go places. He gets to play with Clark and Mady, and gets to have a good time at dog birthday parties. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, I guess that's what we got. You got anything to tell the listeners? I got nothing. You got nothing. You're I just, you're am just slacking not today, man. I am. You slacking. are. You're like in December already. And it's still November. I- I can't wait till the products episode, actually. Yeah, so we need to do that products episode here in a couple of weeks. Because that's um, exciting because oh, it's Christmas gifts. Actually, maybe we should do the product episode next week so people can get products yeah, in. exactly. Okay, we're going to do a product episode uh, next week. So I'll have to see if we can get... Um, We'll get some ideas from Tiffany because she's always finding these really cool products. Oh my God, that new ball. Oh yeah, we'll oh, talk about we'll that We'll talk too. about the new ball. That she, oh my God, y'all, this is crazy. Yeah, so we'll talk about that next week as well. Don't forget we have a lot of wonderful things coming up in 2023. Um, if you're not local, we do have our online reactive dog workshop starting in January. Registration is open. You can go to our website and register for that. It is a six-week course um, and it will be on Monday evenings, uh, Central Time, 7 o'clock. I think it was seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do have still open space for that. Uh, we don't have a lot of working space. We do have to limit the working space. But if you want to be an auditor, we have plenty of space for that because it's all Zoom. But if you're working it, be prepared. You're going to have to do videos. You're going to have to do homework. 
Um, and we're really going to dive deep into the reactivity and things that you can do to help with that reactivity. If you're uh, local, uh, we have a lot of great new classes coming up. We have a, a nose work class coming up. We're really excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, we got our seminars. We got so many good things coming up. I'm really excited. And we'll have new merch coming out in 2023. Exciting. And possibly... We're going to be having our own uh, crack packs, Mm -hmm. which is our uh, treat bags. So look for a dog speak crack packs. Uh, They will be, um, they'll be special. Uh, So just keep an eye out for that. If you're not signed up for the newsletter that Brittany puts out, be sure you sign up through the website so that you're not missing anything. And if you're not on Instagram, we're putting on some really good stuff on Instagram. So be sure you're following us there. Um, Because I've been taking over social media. Y'all help me. It's (laughs) You're doing a good job. I'm trying. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. It is um, a lot of work. And, and Gray has a lot of videos almost done that we will be also posting. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I started posting a few things on TikTok. Mm-hmm. What? I know. At Dogspeak 101. I might, or it might just be at Dogspeak. That's how little I've... That's I've, how that's, much you know about that. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't want to do it. But I'm, start, I'm seeing some too many... I'm seeing too many aversive trainers on there with too much of a following. Um, and so we're, we want to put oh, out other things. Man, so, that guy you showed me. Yeah. I wish I hadn't have it, gone down that rabbit hole. No, because there is a trainer out there that's being pretty popular right now that's being very abusive to animals. And people are just like in awe thinking he's the next Caesar Milan. Please, y'all. I don't even think I saw Caesar do those things. No, he did. Oh, he that, did? Yeah, they're, they're, they're basically the same. Oh, okay. Um, he may be actually a little more abusive. Than Caesar. Jeez. Um, teaching learned helplessness to dogs, forcing dogs to be handled and touched while being muzzled. Um, and then when they finally shut down, showing, trying to act like they just fixed the dog. When you say it out loud, it sounds even more disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. Um, and he has, he's touring around and doing things and People love him. And I had, a, I had a couple of clients ask me about him. And I had not known about him until then. And it was disgusting to me. And they were like, what's really impressive? I'm like, oh, well, let me see. Oh, yeah. Let me is, show you why. This is straight up abuse. Oh, look, this is learned helplessness. This dog has learned that no matter what they do, they can't escape. And learned helplessness is a thing. Look it up. They did a study on rats. Um, that rats getting shocked. It got to a point where they just stopped trying to escape the shock. Because nothing they did mm-hmm. fixed it. And so, um, yeah. And I'll have to look, too. We got an email. Uh, maybe Pet Professional Guild. Don't quote me on that. Someone um, has a seminar about learned helplessness in dogs right now. So I need to go see if I can find that. It might be PPG. Um, um, or, yeah, I bet it's it might be PPG. It's, it's such look. a thing, and people don't realize that, that learned helplessness, is, it's a real thing, and, and it happens in humans, um, and it happens in all creatures. Uh, it, we should not be using it to teach dogs. No. Uh, it's abuse. With it, humans, we call it victim mentality. I think mm. it sort of becomes that. Yeah. Or we use them interchangeably. I don't think they're necessarily the same thing. but Yeah. At least, I mean, as humans, we can speak up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Dogs cannot. And again, this goes back to stop worrying about the external behavior of your dog. Get us in there. Get a professional in there to look beyond that. If you have a trainer coming in and saying, oh, yeah, we'll get, we can fix this behavior. No. You need someone's coming in going, all right, we need to see why this behavior is happening and what the underlying issue is. And we need to take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And it might be the family dynamics, it might be the home, it might be the genetics, it might be the dog has learned this behavior. It could be some serious fear, it could be some neurological issues, there could be some serious pain happening that you're not seeing. There's a lot of things. And there's this, this guy is mostly working with, air quotes, aggressive dogs. How many of those dogs been checked for pain? How many of those dogs have been checked for um, learned aggressiveness through fear? I mean, it's just ridiculous to sit there and, and force a dog to be handled. And then when the dog sits there not moving next to you. Mm-hmm. And, and while he's doing this, the dog is literally hanging from a leash and swinging around. So he's choking the dog at the same time. So, yeah, 
Yeah, let's let's really. Sorry for that southern goodbye I just did there. Oof. You were yeah, on we the way. Do a southern you goodbye, were on the we? way out, and then I just not to change the subject, but yeah, I, but yeah, I got one su- more thing to tell you. <laughs> southern goodbye. Yeah, we always start about forty five minutes before we actually leave in the That's south. True. So well, I reckon I better get going. Yeah, and then they follow you to the door, and then you talk there for ten minutes, and then you walk. Well, out did to you the porch. hear about Jolene? Yep, and we talk on the porch for a few minutes, right? And then sometimes they'll follow you to the car. Then you stand at the car and talk for another 15 minutes. With the door open, your door's di- like your car's, car's dinging. dinging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then you got to hear about Joe down the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you heard what Myrtle did. I mean, Myr- we yep. do. Yeah, we I'm do. telling you. See? My granny used to do that. Yeah. Welcome to the South, y'all. <laughs> I know we have a lot of listeners that do not Actually, live in the my, South. Actually, my grandmommy does it as well. We all do it. Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah. and I the- do it to my mom. And she does it to me. Like we, Seriously. yeah. I'm used to your mom leaving this house without even saying bye. Like when we have gatherings, I'll just be like, oh, I'll go to her house and where's try to Granny leave. T? And then she's gone. Ask her, go to her house yep. and try to leave. She yeah. will follow you. She follows me. Yeah. She does. She does. So anyway, yeah, that's the Southern thing. So anyway, so y'all follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Let's get all the positive training techniques out there. There's so many good ones. That's the ones we need to be sharing. And if you come across anybody that's being a douchebag, <laughs> don't follow and let people know they're a douchebag and why they're a douchebag and if you've come across without being an online bully without yourself. being an online bully yourself yeah <laughs> we don't advocate that no i do advocate though if you have a bad experience with a trainer and aversive techniques are used you you need to review about it because otherwise people are just going to see the good reviews and then they're sending these dogs off and the dogs are coming back totally different and not in a good way and i say that because i've literally had clients tell me that I've sent the dog off because the reviews look so good. And now I have to see these dogs because they have serious behavior issues because of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll have, uh, we'll do our favorite products for 2022. I'm uh, excited about next that week. One. So, um, yeah. And if you have any products that, we, that you want us to look at and uh, give an opinion on. Send us an email, podcast at dogspeak101.com. We appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the week.